So this is just going to be a little mini episode because this is a question. I'm, right now I'm reading the, A History of God by Karen Armstrong. And there's this idea that I keep coming across, which creates a question that I keep coming across that I'm not, I can't figure out. So I wanted to share it with you to see what your thoughts might be. I am roughly midway, a little over midway through this book, and it's so, so far just a thorough explanation about all the different interpretations of the divine that humanity has gone through, and it's mainly looking at, um, like, early pagan stuff, Judaism, Islam... And I'm guessing we're going to get into Christianity here. But what it boils down to is just an explanation of all these different frameworks that humans have come up with over the course of history to wrap their head around the divine. And the divine just being that thing that we're yearning for. And right here on page 241 in The History of God by Karen Armstrong. She says, Whether knowingly or not, everybody was searching for the absent God, obscurely aware that he or she was separated from the source of being. Now, when I read that, my first thought is, well, that's an illusion. My, my thinking is that we are the source of being. Everything we see is a iteration of the source of being. So we can't be separated from the source of being. We are it. But if that's what I'm going to argue, what the this is the question I keep coming back to. What is it about human beings that generates this yearning for something? Because my thought is like, for example, let's say animals. We don't know this for sure, but it does seem that animals don't have this existential longing the way humans do. Maybe they do, but uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. So if we lived in a way where we... If we really are the source of being just like everything else, my thought is that we would live more simply, um, more like animals. Maybe it would mean like humans are in this eat, sleep, shelter, procreate kind of simplicity, you know, but we're not. And I, this makes me wonder what why, if, if we really are the source of being, why have we not, why has culture not changed in that direction? There's some kind of extra element to this that I, I don't understand. What is it that is unique about us humans that is not shared 
with other creatures that generates a yearning for something that we think we don't have or we think we're disconnected from. Because I fully understand that feeling of yearning. I'm sure most everybody does. Even if it's not in a religious context, it's a longing for like a bigger purpose or wanting to be part of something larger or something like that. Yet there's, But there's something about us that creates that yearning. And in my opinion, that yearning is an illusion. In my opinion, we, we are the thing we're looking for. We are starting from the place that we're looking to go. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to become. There's no, no one to seek. There's nothing to learn. It's, it's the opposite. It's drop everything. Drop every notion of yourself. And this is something that I don't have the highlight in front of me, but this is something that has come up in uh, Armstrong's book a lot, especially in the God of the Mystics chapter um, and the previous chapter where we're talking about the beginnings of Islam. A lot of these early thinkers were touching on the same idea. I can't remember the name of the person at the moment, but I'll find it. Um, who was arguing, he's a, I think he's an early Islamic thinker, that the, the way to be in, unis, in unity with God is only, you can only do that once you've cleared your mind entirely and dropped all notions of yourself. Which I would agree with. I think that the, the thinker is almost totally right of course, in my subjective opinion, because he's still arguing for a active, intelligent individual entity. Uh, but that's that's along the same lines of as what I'm arguing is that when you drop all of these filters, and then your existence is simply awareness you see that you are the source that you're looking for. But I wonder what it is about us that generates this illusion that we're not there. It generates the illusion that, as it says in this book, we are separated from the source of being, and this creates a longing, a yearning. And this is not a small thing, because this yearning, this desire to connect with the source or whatever you want to call it has given birth to this entire book that all this history that Karen Armstrong is covering is here because of this longing because of this concept that we're separated okay so I took a pause um, to look back in the book to find <clears throat> what I was referencing I got confused because I'm in this chapter that's God of the Mystics that talks a lot about the origination of Islam and all that kind of stuff. So I mistakenly referenced that the thinker I'm talking about was a, um Islamic thinker. But what I'm talking about, actually, is on page 221 of the God of the... or uh, History of God, it says, The leading... I'm going to butcher these words... Hesychast? 
Evagrius Pontus. That's who I'm talking about. Now, who the hell is Evagrius Pontus? Um, Wikipedia said that he was also known as Evagrius the Solitary. He was a Christian monk and ascetic. Uh, one of the most influential theologians in the late 4th century church. He was well known as a thinker, polished speaker, gifted writer. Uh, he left a promising ecclesiastical career in Constantinople and traveled to Jerusalem, where in 383 he became a monk at the monastery of Rufinus, Rufinus and Melan Melania the Elder. Okay, so anyway, that's a brief background on him. And what she's quoting, what Karen Armstrong is quoting from him here, it says, It was important, therefore, for Hesychasts, man, I'm probably butchering that word, but for Hesychasts to strip their souls naked. Quote, When you are praying, Evagrius told his monks, do not shape within yourself any image of the deity, and do not let your mind be shaped by the impress of any form. Instead, they should, quote, approach the immaterial in an immaterial manner. Evagrius was proposing a sort of Christian yoga. This was not a process of reflection. Indeed, prayer means the shedding of thought. It was rather an intuitive apprehension of God. It will result in a sense of the unity of all things, a freedom from distraction and multiplicity, and the loss of ego. So that's what I was trying to get at in, in a moment ago was, you know, they're, they're, they're hitting on it. The, the, this idea of shedding of, uh, basically the human filter. And yet we've got an entire human history of chasing this longing. So I'm just curious if you have any ideas, um, you can leave a voice message on the Anchor app, you could hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, godofhoneybees.com. Um, let me know what your thoughts are, because this book is incredibly interesting, but thus far has not given me any clues as to what that drive might be, and I haven't really found much. Um, you know, I, I listen to certain spiritual leaders, and they we'll call it an illusion, they call it mind or the ego or whatever, but that's not putting it to rest. So if you have any ideas, um, hit me up on any of the social medias, godofhoneybees.com, or leave a voicemail in the Anchor app. Thanks.